Good morning and welcome in, I guess it's good afternoon, I always mess that up, to the Morning Burrito Podcast. I am Michael. And I'm Chantal. Our guest hosts. <laughs> yes, we have guests and uh, this will be a regular occurrence now for, uh, well, three months, basically. <laughs> so uh, we are going to have some fun today with our guest host and uh, going to have a lot of fun, actually, because uh, this will probably be the one and only time, at least for the foreseeable future. <laughs> That you will be able to do this. So I'm really excited yes. about that. We'll talk about that later. But um, if you don't know, if you haven't stayed up on what is going on at Hermnaz and with uh, Eric and us, um, it is coffee break, as Pastor Eric is calling it, and that's his sabbatical. And so he is gone. And uh, this last Sunday, he he uh, finished his time uh, for the next three months to get, um, what was the first one? I always forget the first one. Pause restore and engage. So he is he is pausing ministry life for 3 months and uh trying to restore his relationship restore relationships not that there's anything broken but create some restoration with his his family and with his relationship with God and then of course engaging as well with his family and engaging with God uh, in his relationship, taking his relationship with God to a deeper level. So when he returns, um, I think not only for our church family, but for the podcast, we should have some cool uh, insights and uh, maybe new topics that we had not discussed previously that are just on his head and he's ready to talk because he's going to spend some time at a monastery soon. Like, that's crazy (laughs) to think about, like, going to Idaho in the mountains and staying at a monastery for a week. I don't know. That sounds amazing. <laughs> see, for, for somebody who's introverted to a level that you are, I mean, you're not super, super introverted, but you're at least oh, enough yeah. uh, <laughs> that that would interest you. To me, that just sounds like a like a prison sentence. <laughs> like, that, that does not sound fun at all. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Don't get me wrong. I just, it sounds awful. Like, I like being around people and talking. And the fact that you have to be quiet there unless you're singing the Psalms sounds just... <laughs> not fun. (laughs) I like to talk. I want to, I want to engage with people. So, um, no, no, I I really hope he has a great time with that. Um, and gets, gets what he's looking for out of it. Uh, right now they are in their last day in Branson, Missouri. Um, if you don't know where Branson is, it's kind of like right in the middle of the state and kind of a tourist trap area, lots of cool shows and things that are happening. And so I'm sure they're having a great time. Uh, if you follow us or if you go to church here at Hermanaz, uh, be looking Sunday. Um, I think that there's going to be a video made from him that kind of explains where they're at and what they're doing on Sunday. So that should be pretty cool. So, uh, Chantal, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and, uh, you know, why you're here and, and so on and so forth? Yeah, sure. So I'm Chantal. I have been coming to Hermiston Nazarene Church for a couple of years now, about the same amount of time that I have been married. I got to have a COVID wedding, which was super exciting. And then we did another one for everyone to be at. So I've been technically married twice. To the same person without (laughs) a divorce in between. (laughs) Yes, which is, you know, if you're going to have multiple marriages, I think that's the way to do it. Um, Yes. true. (laughs) I agree. 100% on that. As long as it's with the same person, get married as much as you want. As much as you'd like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't even a renewal of vows type of thing. That's just what's kind of cool about it. Like, nope. you literally got married, <laughs> had a wedding ceremony <laughs> twice to yeah. the same person within two years of each other. Yeah. Their lives were like a year. I wouldn't necessarily suggest it if you do not have to do it that way. Financially, but probably not the no. easiest thing to make happen. Stress wise, you know. Yeah. No. 
you got to make sure but. that the dress fits twice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that would have like stressed my diet. life. Yep, two oh, years. Yeah. Woo. Oh boy. Um, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have a great show today. Basically, we're gonna focus on two things today, Chantal. I want to talk about music a lot um, because you and I share an affinity for music. We love music, and so we'll talk about that. But then we're also gonna talk about just how uh, how as a young lady, because um, you're you're a lot younger than me but not super young, but you're younger than me. Um, how God has, uh, you know, kind of changed your uh, mindset when it comes to ministering in a church and um, just gifts and talents that you may not even have known you had that now you do and how that's that's changing you. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. So welcome into the Morning Burrito. We are excited that you are here and uh, we will see you in just a moment. All right, we're back. So I want to start. I didn't prepare you for this unless you've been looking at my screen and you knew the question was coming. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But I like to do this to Eric sometimes is I'll ask a question that he's not really prepared to answer so that it's a very authentic and real answer. Um, So you are, um, it it pains me to say this. It's just, it's it's sad. It's disappointing. Um, but you and your husband are moving, and uh, in in literally a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, you have been serving here for two years, and you have been, I mean, pretty much integral in our ministries from almost the time you got here. It did not take very long for you and your husband to get plugged in, which I mean I appreciate because a lot of people will drag their feet in getting plugged into a church and serving and, you know, using their gifts and stuff. So you guys didn't, I mean, you, you and I connected pretty quick. Um, you connected with our office manager pretty, pretty quickly as well. Um, and have developed a friendship in that, which is really cool. Um, but, uh, you've been integral in, in a couple ministry areas and I want to just focus on one, um, at the start of this, but, what is your fondest memory after two years of serving at Hermnaz? Um, as pastors, we always like to hear this because it tells us how healthy our church is. So what what's the fondest memory you have serving here uh, over these last couple of years? Yeah, I did see this question 10 minutes in advance, and my mind is still <laughs> reeling a little bit. Um, not necessarily serving-related, but getting to be baptized here in mm-hmm. February was amazing. That was definitely one of my fondest memories just in general of the past couple of years of my life. Yeah. Um, doing summer camp with the teens definitely ranks up there. I didn't know if it would rank up there, <laughs> but it did. Well, we'll get to the student ministry thing in a second, but yeah, that... that stu- Okay, so with pandemic for the last two years, um, for much of the last two years, um, one thing that as a pastor you don't prepare for, particularly as a student ministry pastor as I am, um, you don't prepare to do camp uh, generally with a group our our size. You never prepare to do camp on your own. Like that's just not something you do. You go to a camp, somebody else is preparing for you, and you just go and take your students. Um, So the last two years we've done camp on our own. And last year you got to, I don't think you experienced the first one, but, um, you experienced last year's. And so, uh, it has, it, it is, it is, it has been really cool. We actually had more students last year at our camp than we probably would have taken to our district camp. Like Mm -hmm. we are this year. Um, we certainly had more students last year than this year, um, which I think is cool. I mean, it was a great opportunity. We saw kids that probably would never have gone to camp with us 
or any other event necessarily Mm -hmm. that were at our 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 camp last year which was really cool yeah in fact uh, a couple of them ended up going to our fall retreat later um because they came to camp so that was that was pretty neat Mm -hmm. so you you began uh one one of the things that i the way i encountered you i guess is um we had heard shortly after you started coming like literally within like a week or two of you starting coming to the church um is that you and your father and your husband would play worship music on Wednesday nights in the park, uh, Victory Square, which is right, you know, down the down the road a bit from our church, and um, you just had this desire to worship in in a public space, and so you went to the park and. Um, people would come and and participate in that, and so we we were super impressed. And um, you know, sometimes you'll people tell you, oh, you know, so and so is really great at you know singing or playing an instrument, and then you go and listen to them, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know that I agree with that yeah. assessment. Um, but in your case, that was absolutely true. I mean, you you blew you blew me away as far as the the abilities that you clearly had um and as i got to know your heart um the the heart matched the passion and the the abilities that you have so talk about worship ministry you know how did you get involved in worship ministry singing playing instruments for for the lord yeah so worship has always been a part of my life since i was a very very young child um both of my parents used to lead worship at one of our old churches we always had some DC Talk, Barlow Girls, Super Chick CD playing in the background Super of Chick. our home. Wow. Oh, yeah. I still have a little, little MP3 player that I would record my own voice singing with DC Talk songs. And it's pretty special, <laughs> I have to say. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So music was always a part of my life. And it was always worship music. And as a child, not hearing any secular music, I only knew the worship world for quite some time until I was probably about 13. Um, And when I was young, at seven years old, my parents gifted me a keyboard for my birthday. And so I got to kind of start messing around. I started mimicking the songs that the keyboard had on it, trying to teach myself. And they saw that passion in me and got me a piano teacher for a couple years to teach me some basic scales. And then when I was 15 and we lived in Hermiston, we were going to a church and they needed a piano player because theirs was leaving. And so my parents approached the pastor and said, hey, we've got a daughter that plays keys and can definitely follow a chord chart okay. Um, They basically voluntold me in that moment. (laughs) I was not feeling very qualified or ready to go, but in all the ministry calling stories I've heard, that seems to just kind of be a theme of... (laughs) Nope, you're going to go and it's going to be good. So I did that for a while. And um, then when I went to college, they had a need for just a worship leader in the college group three months after I started going. And the leader at the time took me aside and said, you're the only one that can play an instrument and sing. So this is your job. (laughs) Yeah. So so would it be fair to say that worship uh, with music music has played an, a huge role in your life from a very young age to now is that oh right? yes definitely um you said something interesting that it wasn't until you were a teenager that you began to really branch out and know that there was anything but worship or christian music um you and i have a love for christian music i mean i i not that i don't listen to anything other than christian music i do but um 
Christian music has changed a lot since I was in youth group. You were like that tall when I was in youth group. <laughs> um, but what have you seen? What what is if somebody's out there, a parent or even you know someone our age who has never really tried Christian music? You know, I mean, I honestly I hate the term Christian music. I mean, it's yeah. just good music, but um, they're just artists like any other musician you know, mm-hmm. trying to make a living playing songs but what what would be your uh advice when it comes to christian music is it is it good is it worth spending time with taking the jesus part out of it is, yeah. is the music itself good yeah so i actually have someone very very close to me and i won't name names but they didn't listen to a lot of christian music because they felt like oh but i like rock type of music i like indie type of music Christian music doesn't offer anything for me and there probably was a point in time where if you had a different taste in music there was Christian music as a genre and then there was the world music as a genre specifically not even content wise Mm -hmm. but now with the advance in recording and how many people can put out music and how quickly it can be put out we have all genres of music not just oh this is the Chris Tomlin song there are rock and roll Christian songs. There are indie Christian songs. There are rap Christian songs. So if you are having a hard time finding somebody who matches your music taste in the scope of scriptural lyrics, then feel free to reach out to somebody you know who's really involved in worship ministry, and I can almost guarantee you they will have some artist recommendations. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, So... Speaking of just influence, and uh, this is something that I learned not that long ago, which I thought was just amazing. So there's an old school, like, they're probably one of the oldest Christian rock bands that has existed, uh, the band called Petra. And uh, and they, I mean, they're not my taste in rock and roll, but they, they, they were the, the pioneers of Christian rock, mm-hmm. um, doing true rock and roll, um, but also singing about God the whole time. Um, they wrote a song back in the seventies that you might recognize the title of it. It was called God gave rock and roll to you. And, um, it was moderately popular song for Christians, uh, back in that time. Uh, but Christian rock really wasn't something that most people even knew existed. And, that I'm assuming back in the 70s, there were probably still Christians who would say that that was like devil's music, even (laughs) though they were singing about (laughs) Jesus, which is ironic. Um, But what's funny is that in 1992, um, a very prominent rock band took that song and covered it and put it on one of their albums. Oh, wow. The band is Kiss. Oh, wow. So I'm just going to play a snippet for you because I I know we'll probably get dinged and taken off of Facebook for this (laughs) playing for too long. But I just I just find it fun. Hold on. I got to get the let's see. Like that's a song people know. I mean, people know that song as a kiss song, but it's actually not a kiss song. It's actually a Petra song. So I just found that kind of funny. We found we discovered that reality just a few uh, months ago. And I was like, man. Christian music really, from the very beginning, at least Christian rock music, has had an influence on culture Mm. in a way that we don't even sometimes understand. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also the band Striper, which many non-Christians would have known who they were, 
back in the eighties. They were a hair metal band and, you know, they had the the fancy like tight suits and things and <laughs> nice. you know, yellow and black everything and, you know, they big lights and big hair and all of that. So um but what I've seen over the course of my adult life, at least, Christian music has become much more influential mm. in how our our um, music industry operates. So, mm. for instance, um, you know, we've talked before about, you know, LGBTQ type of issues on this show. Um, you notice that Christian artists are always asked about that question. Mm-hmm. They want to know what Christian artists think. Um, sometimes they give good answers. Sometimes they don't give great answers. But, um, but I think that's telling that the the world that the music industry, um, that uh, you know, journalists and whatnot, they want to know what Christian artists have to say. They want mm-hmm. their influential voice to be spoken. Um, I also think that you can pretty much. Uh, I don't know if there's an exception. I'm sure there is. But you know, if you want indie music, you can find Christian bands that would fit the bill that are good that. Are yes. very talented. They yes. just sing about different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want like hard screamo type heavy metal, you can find that. Yep. Progressive metal, you can mm-hmm. find that. If you want pop music, you can find that. If you want the the thrash metal, you can find that. If you want rap, you can find that. I mean, it's yeah. Every possible genre of music is covered in Christian music. The exactly. differences of the lyrics mm-hmm. and what they're singing about. Um, quick funny story. So. I don't know if I've ever told you this. So when I was in high school, uh, the band Reliant K was a big Christian oh, Christian punk K. rock. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And uh, they came out with um, an album. And on the album was a song called Sadie Hawkins Dance. Oh, and yes. to this day, it's like one of my favorite songs. It's, it's just great. awesome. It's fun. Um, and I remember back in that day that there was a mom. We we had recorded a, a music video for it for youth group, like as a just a, a funny <laughs> thing. Like we had... Me and some other students had gotten together. We went to the church and we recorded it at the church. It wasn't even out of school. And we did the the whole lunchroom scene and all of that stuff that's talked awesome. about in the song. And uh, one of the moms got upset. And I, I mean, I'm a student at the time, but she got upset that we showed it in youth group because the song doesn't talk about God and you shouldn't have songs that don't talk about God. So even mm. back in the early 2000s, um, this was an issue. And I found that funny because we as Christians don't always have to talk about God in our music. Like we can, we can talk about things that everybody experiences, like a girl asking out a guy to the Sadie (laughs) Hawkins dance. Like that's, that's funny. I think that's great. And Mm -hmm. it's a real experience that kids go through in high school or middle school today. So anyway, that it's just a funny story that, you know, even (laughs) back then it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it times have changed certainly in how we interpret music. So is worship the only area that you serve in within the church? It is not. I'm actually involved in our student ministry as well. How did you, how did you make the decision? Now, I, I, know, I know the answer to this question. <laughs> but you don't know the answer to this question. So uh, rule of thumb, whenever you're interviewing somebody or whenever you're, even with your own kids, if you're asking a question, know the answer to the question before you ask it because <laughs> otherwise you can get yourself in trouble. Um, but how did you make the decision to serve with students and and? How did that all come about? Like, where, how did you get into that? Yeah, sure. So I was involved in the worship ministry and you pulled me and my husband aside one day, asked to have a meeting and said, hey, we have a need in our student ministry for worship leaders. I think that it would be really good for worship in our student ministry if we had some new faces as the head of that. 
And I remember sitting in the chair thinking, there is no way that is me. I'm going to try it, but no way <laughs> that's going to work out as, you know, we all like to do when we're called into places outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep, we dove head in and then we had a little chapter, as you know, where we thought we were moving and didn't. <laughs> yep. But yep. then when that concluded... I came back and it has been amazing and life changing. Yeah. So you, I think the big thing that you said there is that you, while you had a lot of um, apprehension, a lot of, I wouldn't say fear, but just unknowing, not knowing if you really had the, the ability to do that because mm-hmm. leading adults is one thing. Leading students is a whole different ball game. And we had, yes. We had a long conversation about what it looks like to lead students, what my expectations mm-hmm. for you would be as a leader, um, what my expectations of students in, in worship uh, on a Wednesday night look like, because um, it is different than what I do with our worship team on Sunday mornings. It's We handle it slightly different. Um, the heart is the same, but mm-hmm. there's just, it's a different, it works a little differently, I guess. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you did that for the last year and a half or so. Um, for the most part, you said it was life changing. What about leading students in worship was life changing? So, as you've said, it's one thing to lead an adult group. It's one thing to lead an older adult group. But leading teenagers is life changing because you are seeing God in them, changing them as they're maturing. So it's a coming of age time in your life. And seeing God be a part of that and what he does in their lives and what he reveals to them without them even necessarily always being aware of it. And just Mm -hmm. getting to see that grow within them and see the potential for them to go out and be kingdom builders as adults is just amazing. Yeah. And we've I think one of the things one of the reasons that I went to you to begin with was that up until that point, we were doing one of two things. Either I was leading by myself with Mm -hmm. uh, or with uh, our friend Gabriel um, with my guitar and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, or we were doing video worship, you know, downloading videos from YouTube. And right. I mean, they're, they're, they're great. There's nothing wrong with that. For those of you who do it that way with your student ministries, fantastic. But, um, we just felt like there was something missing in worship and being a worship pastor and a student ministry pastor. Um, I just didn't have the space and time to really give my heart to it the way mm-hmm. that I really felt like I needed to at that time uh, as I was building the student ministry. And we are still kind of in lockdown or not in mm-hmm. lockdown and <laughs> I was still trying to figure out what it to do as pandemic was raging. So yeah. um, so it was, it was very timely for you to step in and to take that role so that I could step out of it and focus my attention in other areas of our student ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did thrive in that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think y- there was some growth um, in just not only the song choices and and how you played the songs, but just in your, uh, you know, it took you some time to come out of your shell and to yeah. begin to lead the students. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but I think what else else has been really cool to watch from the outside in looking in, um, because it's only been like the last few weeks that I've played with you again <laughs> yeah. um, with guitar. But uh, what I've seen is that students have not only decided to participate which has definitely happened. But I've seen students grow in their leadership capability. Mm -hmm. I've seen students grow in their uh, desire to worship, Mm -hmm. their love of of worship, worship music, and and just being a lifelong worshiper. All of that has begun to change. Um, We've seen students who went from not playing an instrument to now 
they're not only playing an instrument, but they're playing on Sunday mornings with our Sunday morning worship team. Mm -hmm. um, we saw students who used to hold their microphones down like this so you couldn't hear their anything they were saying. Like that, <laughs> you know, to now they're right up in their yeah. grill and they're leading songs mm -hmm. and um, they're leading their peers, which is. I mean, that was what you and I, when we first talked, you, you I, and your husband, Steen, we had prayed together that that's what would happen, yes. that God would take mm -hmm. um, our, our students' worship and take it to the next level. And that has certainly happened, which has been cool. Were you surprised that, uh, because you had said before, you, you really didn't know that you had gifting for students. Just talking about the worship leading part, were you surprised that it came as naturally to you and that it worked as well as it did? As a worship leader or mm -hmm. just, okay. Um, yes and no. Um, I have been aware that God gave me a musical gift fairly early in my life for hearing music and things like that. I definitely never thought of myself as a leader of any kind, um, but as you get older and you kind of see leaders that you admire and want to be, you start to realize that leading is really just bringing your team around you and showing them that they're just as capable. And so in that retrospect, it's actually really fun to be a leader because you get to show, like you were talking about those students, like, hey, you can sing, you can play an instrument, and you can do it just as well as any other servant of God can do it. Yep. So you you not only took on the role of a worship leader for our students, um, it was sometime after that that um, a need arose to have some uh, somebody lead for our life group as well. Mm -hmm. um, we made some changes to how we were doing our life group structure. And so um, you and I sat down again, and I asked if you would be willing to take on leading a life group mm -hmm. um, with one of our other adults. And so talk about that for a second, because I know... I, I remember that conversation and there was even more apprehension from you <laughs> regarding that versus the the worship leading part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just a side note for those of you who know me or have seen me passing, you can probably tell I'm a very old soul. My in my family, it's a running joke. I'm about 85 years old inside. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. In pretty much every aspect. Yes. <laughs> She she should have grown up in the same generation that I did. Like that's I don't know if she's eighty five, but like her song choice, especially when it comes to worship. Oh yeah. Like she should have grown up when I was in youth group. That's that's because that's, that's when all that stuff came out. Yes. Your favorite worship music. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> My old soul in that in that aspect as well. But um, that being said, it was one thing to be in technically some realm of a comfort zone with worship and leading in that area. And then it was a whole other thing to jump into. Now you're going to be talking to the teenagers and listening to the teenagers yep. and trying to offer wisdom to the teenagers. And I am 24 years old. And so it's been a little bit since I've been in high school, maybe not as long as you, but it has changed a plus lot. Now. Even in six years, high school has become a completely different realm and that is the age group you were putting me with. And so I had to do a lot of praying, <laughs> yep. a lot of praying. For yeah. That. And you, you prayed about it and um, you took on the role. Uh, eventually you felt God had said, yes, that's this is what I'm supposed to do. And and I'm willing to 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 give it a shot, I think is how you put it. Um, mm -hmm. And 
were you surprised that you had the gifting to lead a life group? Because again, that's kind of outside yes. of your comfort zone <laughs> by a long shot. Talk about that. How, how did it feel like when you, when you finally realized, man, I really can do this. Like this is really, I am really having an impact. Was there a moment that that happened or? Yeah, it was probably maybe a couple months into being in the life group leader. And I was sitting there and a student was opening up about something pretty sensitive and I was, they were making eye contact with me. It was very evident that we were, we were talking about this and they were wanting me to listen. And it just made me realize that anybody can pretty much do anything (laughs) as long as they're letting God work through them because nothing I am doing is because it's Chantal in the role. It's because it's God using the vessel and so it really taught me not only that I had that gifting, but also that God can gift his called. So. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And Chantal, I mean, I'm kind of building you up because, you know, I only have two more weeks to do so. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, in all honesty, you, the students, I'm old, okay? <laughs> to them, I'm old. I'm, I'm not an old guy, like, no, by any not. stretch, but... But to students, I am old now. I am not. I am not a young <laughs> guy. Um, it, it's it's painful for me to think this that I don't like. I am in and of myself. I am not relevant to students anymore. <laughs> I don't listen to their music. I don't go on TikTok. I, I I'm just Ugh. I'm not that person. So um, I try to stay up with trends and things. But you, on the other hand, you even though you're kind of more like me and that you don't do those things either. <laughs> um, but at least you are relevant to them because you're closer to their age. Yeah. And um, the one thing that I have valued so much about you and, and several of our adult leaders, all of our adult leaders, because you know we try to be very, very thorough in mm-hmm. our evaluation of our adult leaders. But you, you not only have a heart to care for the students. I know you pray for them, which is huge. Um, but you also create space and time where students can be heard. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the authentic authenticity that comes along with that, um, where students know that what they're, they they can open up to you, that they can share with you, um, that they can tell you very sensitive things as you were talking about, um, shows the impact that you've had on students here at Hermnaz at Elevate Student Ministry. And um, that's something that I think we all could take a lesson from, that there are a lot of fake people in our world. And one of the things about mm-hmm. this podcast is we talk about where faith and culture collide, or we talk to specifically about cultural issues. And I think one of the things that we've lost is true connection between human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like to say that we are the most connected that we've ever been. You know, we have <laughs> the ability to talk to people anywhere, everywhere, all across the world, right? But at the same time, we're the most disconnected people that have ever existed. Yeah. Um, there's there's not true connection. There's not true uh, community for a lot of people. Um, there's a reason why loneliness is such a problem and depression and anxiety are such a problem in our society today. And I think it's because we don't have that true connection. And one thing that we've seen with students, particularly during pandemic, is that their disconnection has gotten worse. Yeah. And so to have an adult leader like you and several of our others that are willing to sacrifice time to be available to students, to go to their events, um, to go watch them at a, at a play or a mm-hmm. concert, um, uh, sporting event or whatever. Um, I, I think all of us have done a very good job of that to yeah. be, to be authentically there for our kids. And, 
and, and that's why they share those things with you. That's why they feel open to you. So um, if I can give you guys any piece of advice, whether it's with your own kids, whether it's with, you know, nieces, nephews, kids you teach or whatever, um, be authentic. Like yeah. stop trying to be relevant, quote unquote. Please. Um, stop thinking that you have to listen to their music, that you have to watch TikTok, you have to do TikToks and all that stuff. If you want to do that stuff, fine. But just be authentically you and yeah. be present in their life. Mm-hmm. And if you do those things and you're real and you're not trying to be something you're not, kids gravitate towards that. They yeah. they appreciate people who are not fake. Because one thing I know about students is they are super capable of picking out fake people. <laughs> like they yes. and they will cut you off and it yep. is very difficult. Once they think you're fake. Trying to regain that trust is is extremely difficult with a mm-hmm. student. Um, and what I've, I've also learned is you're not going to be all things to all people. So um, there are students that I know talk to you that do not talk to me as the youth pastor. They will not share anything with me mm-hmm. um, because I haven't been able to build the connection that you have for one reason or another. I mean, mm-hmm. that, and that's okay. That's yeah. why you exist. That's why you're here is to be that bridge to a student that I can't be a bridge to, um, that our lead pastor, Eric, can't be. Um, so... Yeah, I think also the bridge here for us um, between faith and culture is that we are all given gifts, talents, and abilities. Whether you believe in God or not, the Holy Spirit gives all of us, gives each human being talents and gifts and abilities um, and passions. Mm -hmm. Um, I can always tell you that I, I truly believe this. If your passion doesn't align with your gifting, then your passion is probably not correct, that there's probably a misalignment in your passion. Um, but where your passion and your talent and your gifting come together, that's something where God really wants to use you, that that you can do some good for the world and, mm-hmm. and can be used. So do you have any advice for others who maybe are sitting on the sidelines in a church or sitting on the sidelines in their community where, you know, they could be doing some good, but they're just, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't have any gifts. There's nothing. I don't have talent. What would you say to them? Yeah, so I have this analogy, and I think I've told you this before, but oftentimes the church is viewed as a hospital, and the pastors and the volunteers who have deeply involved themselves are viewed as the doctors, and the people who regularly walk through the doors are viewing themselves as patients. When in all honesty, once you give your life to Christ and you are walking in a church door as a regular member, you are now upgraded to a doctor. (laughs) You need to be working. You need to be in that healing. And so if you don't feel qualified, I have to tell you, almost none of us do. And those who do are probably dealing with a pride problem. (laughs) Sure. Well, and the old cliche goes, um, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Indeed. Exactly. And so for those who are wondering, I don't feel like my gift even aligns with a ministry, like someone who's super artistic or someone who crochets really well, things like that. When in all honesty, there is an area of ministry for everybody, for Mm -hmm. every gifting. And all you have to do is talk to a pastor or talk to someone who can get you connected. I mean, as we discussed during this podcast, I would never have known that I had a gift for youth ministry without you approaching me and saying, hey, do this and watching me and continue encouraging me. No, you're doing it. You're doing okay. I remember asking you quite a lot in the beginning. Is this okay? I don't know what I'm doing. 
Yeah, it's funny those those conversations began to to shrink and yeah. to lessen. <laughs> um, and and I remember early on, it was kind of like I got to keep reassuring her because she is so unsure of herself. Yep. Um, and and I saw myself in that because that's how I am. I mm-hmm. need reassure reassure reassurance uh, and encouragement. I'm I'm somebody who needs that a lot. And uh, and so it, it's it's. I can I can only say this for myself that I I had people who pushed me, I had people who challenged me, mm-hmm. people who called things out of me. I don't think that I would be doing what I'm doing today in ministry had it not been for the people that came before who pushed me and spurred me on in my faith and in my journey, uh, because I am not somebody who takes a lot of risk. <laughs> you know that is watching me as a student pastor. I don't take lots of risks. Um, I, I'm risk averse, I guess you would say. Um, so it's been, it's been people who have pushed me, um, hard to get me to take risks and get me to try things. And, um, I mean, I've told the story many times. I would have never guessed that I would have started my ministry career as a worship pastor, mm-hmm. which I did, which I mean, it, I was called tone deaf pretty much all of my growing <laughs> up days. Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't play any instruments. Well, uh, my sister and my brother, um, they are like super talented musicians and mm-hmm. um, can play multiple instruments and all that. And I just was like the black sheep. I loved sports, but I was never good at sports, but I loved doing it. I liked music, but I was never good enough to play music. So I just <laughs> liked all things, couldn't do any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but God somehow took that little bit of talent that I had and made something out of it over these last 20 years or so um, since I started playing guitar. And uh, uh, my voice, I, I mean, if you heard videos of me leading worship at my first church to videos of me leading worship now, I mean, it's a it's a different person leading, yeah. uh, not only in confidence, but just in you can tell that my talent has grown and mm-hmm. my ability has grown. My ability to stretch myself has has gone, um, you know, where it took me m- months to learn a song. I can learn a song in days now, um, depending on the, the difficulty, I guess, of the song. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's evidence of what God does. God takes a gifting and he He doesn't leave you where he finds you. He increases that talent yes. because he wants to use it for his glory, for mm-hmm. his kingdom building purposes. And uh, he's definitely done that with you since you've been here. I, I mean, the things that I think you were super talented when I met you, but I think we didn't leave you where we found you. I mm-hmm. think you have, have grown in your faith. You've grown in your ability to lead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you even said it when we had our meeting about you and Steen moving that uh, you've learned that you love students. Like this is something that you already knew you loved worship when you got here, Mm -hmm. but now you know you love students and you love student ministry. And so at your new church that you're going to be going to, you're going to be serving with students because they ironically had a need. (laughs) How does, how does that work? Like God puts you somewhere is, is putting you somewhere where you are needed to not only do music, but to do student ministry. I think that's, that's a God thing. That's what God did. He was preparing you for this next step in your journey with your husband and in your walk with God. So, uh, I think that's amazing. That's, that's a great thing. And I, I, it reminds me of, as I was thinking about talking about this today, I was thinking of first Corinthians 12 and, uh, Mm -hmm. particularly if you're a Christian, this is a passage. You really need to know this section of scripture. Um, this chapter is, is super important. And, um, I'm just going to read a couple verses out of it. All of it is worth reading, um, but I couldn't read all of it to you today. Um, But verse 7 in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians says this, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
each of us. It's not when Paul writes this, he's not saying that, you know, you have a spiritual gift, but I don't. Mm-hmm. We both have spiritual gifts that are supposed to be used for the benefit of others. That's it's not right. for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where we get things wrong. We think that if we we don't have a gift that makes us feel good or we don't have a talent that makes makes us rich or makes us valuable in some earthly or worldly way. Mm. That's because our gifting is not supposed to be for us. Yeah. I mean, we do receive blessing back. I mean, being a worship leader, I have received boundless amounts of blessing back. You know, you you and I both know when you're up leading and the congregation is singing louder than we are, like you can hear them over the sound system. That's a blessing for us. Like that's, that's one of those moments where you're like, okay, God, you're doing something here, yeah. or or the times where your your hair on the back of your neck stands up because you know the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. is like rich in the place and you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Those are things that that's a blessing that God has given, right? And as student in student ministry, it's the same when you have a student who shares something that is deeply personal and yeah. is looking for that advice and somebody to listen and care about what they're saying, um, or the moment when as a preacher you'll you'll be teaching a student, a group of students, and this happens to me not as much as I'd like because I don't think I'm very wise, but, you know, there are times (laughs) where you're like, I feel like I'm not hitting, like what I'm saying is not hitting, it's not resonating, Mm -hmm. and then after the sermon is over, sometime later, whether it's that night or some other day, a student will come up to you and say, man, Pastor Michael, that message really hit me, and and you you preached to me what I needed to hear today Mm -hmm. or yesterday or whatever, and those are the moments where I'm like, okay, that's a blessing. Yeah. It's not financial. It's not something that actually does anything physically for me, but it's a blessing that makes my heart happy and joyful. Yeah. And reinforces that God's using me in my gifting. Yeah. Um, the other one I would share with you, uh, he goes on in, in the next section of this chapter to talk about one body with many parts, which is, it's an interesting analogy that the church is like a body. Um, body has many body parts. We've got fingers, we've got hands, we've got toes, we've got knees, we've got ligaments, we've got organs on the inside that all do different things. The appendix, still don't understand that. Maybe that's something I'll ask God when we get to heaven because all it does is get infected. Like the appendix does not do anything but get sick. Don't understand that. You're smart. Do you know why? I know it has a purpose and I'm trying to think of it and I can't. So we'll just go with it's useless <laughs> for now, I guess. Um, that's why they call it the appendix. It's at the back. Like whoever reads appendix, appendices I'll when you read, read a book. appendix. You would be the person yeah, that would I read am. appendix. <laughs> I'm an English major, man. <laughs> um, so verse 12 says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to talk about how while the church has many body parts, you know, the people think that, you know, if I take out the garbage or if I if I vacuum in the church or if I change a light bulb that I'm not really I'm not as important as, you know, the worship pastor or the preacher or mm. uh, a life group leader for students or whatever. So to the contrary, mm-hmm. that in order for the body of Christ, in order for the church to be successful, um, we all need to be doing our part and doing it well with what God has gifted us with because mm-hmm. we all fit together to do those jobs, to do those things. And uh, and I think you are you and your husband are a great example of people who have been willing to say, I trust that God is going to use whatever talent or ability I have for his glory. Yeah. And I'm willing to step in 
to any role that God asks me to step into. Yeah, Christ Christ said, take up your cross and follow me. So take up your cross, sacrifice your life, let empty yourself. And once you can do that and actually let go of your worldly self and your worldly desires and who you want to be in reference to who you are in the world, then Christ will always fill you with the gifts and the tools and the desires to build his kingdom and just it's almost like watching in third person his kingdom be built because of how much it's it's him and not you, but you still have to step out of yourself and let him take yeah. control. Yeah, and and I'll leave you with this. God wants to use you to build his kingdom. He does. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're a believer or not, I want you to know like God, God created you unique and created you with a purpose. Um, each and every one of us has a purpose that God wants to, to use us for. And ultimately, that purpose is to build his kingdom. Everything that we do, every every job, yes. every role that he puts us in is so that he can build his kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's not about us. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts and talents and abilities to do whatever the job is, to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. And as you found out, sometimes that changes over time. It's mm-hmm. It's not what you expect it to be. Uh, ultimately, you know, if you would have looked back at when you graduated high school, um, you probably wouldn't have imagined that you would be living in Hermiston <laughs> still um, and then moving to the valley again. Like, nope. you know, your your travels has been weird. Um, yes. <laughs> I know. I know for me, like when I was your age, I would have never expected this is, at your age. I wasn't even married yet, but I wouldn't have imagined that God would have traveled us the way that we've traveled in ministry and i certainly would never have expected to live in oregon like that was just not something that was in the cards for me um but that's because i chose not to miss the opportunity and not miss the blessing Mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm gonna encourage you today with that don't miss the opportunity and don't miss the blessing that comes along with those opportunities because god's going to use you and i know in your case your husband's case, you guys are going to be used in powerful ways. And uh, the good thing is you're not that far away, which nope. is, is a win. <laughs> um, you're not moving across the country or something, so we never see you again um, other than on Facebook. So that's good. And uh, and we'll we'll see you here again. And, oh, you know, yeah. if you're in town, we might bring you back on the show and record another episode. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we get the opportunity. So thank you, Chantal, for being on the show today. And uh, we uh, just a little foreshadowing. Uh, we'll have another special guest tomorrow. And then, or tomorrow, next week. And then the following week is actually camp week. So that's why we won't be here when you move because we'll be at camp. Um, but that week, that'll be a special week. It's pre recorded. Um, and uh, as you will see, uh, it's Pastor Eric. So he's not actually here recording an episode. This was recorded a few weeks ago. Um, but it's with another special guest that came and visited before they went on sabbatical. So that'll be, that'll be fun. So those oh, are the next cool. two weeks, another special guest next week that'll be with me. And then, uh, a pre-recorded episode that we have not shown yet. Um, that is, uh, me and pastor Eric with a special guest. So it'll be good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm glad you were here. Hey folks, we'll see you next week on the morning burrito podcast. <laughs>